Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to NS9 Post Game Show, part of Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. With me, we got Tyler Sweeney. Tyler, we got a Pirates victory. Pirates defeat the Milwaukee Brewers 4-2 to tonight. How about it's that? It's a dub. It's a dub. <laughs> it's, it is a dub. It was, um, I feel like it was another game that wasn't looking too pretty. No. Until it did, and it, and well, it stayed there. Pitching performance was pretty. Hitting wise, maybe not, but pitching not bad. Not no, we too could, shabby, bud. We could definitely talk about the pitching, and and like again, it's not not looking too good on both sides because oh, Jason now, Alexander oh, made this Lord. team look silly. He can show up now. Screw you, Jim. Hi, Jim. I'll just throw this out here ahead of time. I am running on absolute fumes, as I think you are as well, Donardo. Oh, I'm, I'm tired. I am. I am. I'm tired for 11 p.m. I am running on absolute fumes. You should not be drinking Red Bulls the way you drank Red Bulls today. Please just stop before your body ceases to, to exist. Oh, my body's a sewer. People say their body's a temple. My body's a sewer. <laughs> it all started because I smoked that damn brisket on Saturday. Oh, okay. And I was up all night, and I didn't sleep Sunday. Monday, that's my fault. I drank a few too many beers. So work's gotten in the way. I'm tired. I'm, yeah. I'm running on. The Red Bull is terrible. I'm a coffee guy. I was running on absolute fumes, so I mixed a little Rebel of Vodka. Here we are. All right. Let's stop talking about Red Bull. <laughs> Unless they want to sponsor us. I mean, I'll yeah, talk about Red Bull. Right, right, right. Red Bull, I love Red Bull. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we'll move forward. The Pirates won. I mean, we got to talk about a win. You know, let's get yeah. a little bit excited here. Thank God. But I guess where it all started, again, with the pitching, it was Mitch Keller Day. We have this intrigue about Mitch Keller. How's he going to finish the season, right? There's some mixed results of recent today. Man. I mean, Tyler, do you want to talk about the, the pitching Yinza over here? <laughs> so going back a few weeks, I absolutely hammered the way that the Pirates handled Mitch Keller and what looked like the shoulder tightness that they, I believe they came out and said it was shoulder tightness. Yeah. Absolutely hammered it. I still stand by everything I said that night. I think it was absolutely stupid to use him that night in the way that they did and let him hang out there. Thankfully, what we saw tonight, it looks like Mitch Keller is fine. He looked absolutely phenomenal. He used every part of the zone. Ten strikeouts, two walks, six innings. You'd like to see him be a probably a hair more efficient. 
But when you strike out 10, it's probably tough to be a bit efficient. He he looked good. He looks like what we dreamed of. And it goes back to since he's made the change in May. He had a plus six ERA in May. We're getting to the point now where Mitch Keller is a good pitcher. The sample size is there too. This isn't just like this stretch. I mean, this is basically at this point in time, the majority of the season. Yeah. We're talking May 18th that he went to the bullpen out of the sinker. That's a long time. We are two days from September. He's pitched a lot of innings. Coming in the night, I believe it was a 369 ERA since that date. It's only going to lower tonight. Everything just looks really good for him. And he's going deep in the ball games. And it's 2022. I know. Deep in the ball games does mean like six well, innings. But but I give you that face because, and again, we're talking today, career high in pitches. He had he yeah, threw 105 pitches today. Career high in pitches in the game. And the 10 strikeouts you speak of, also a career high for him. So, like, just an outstanding performance by Mitch Keller. Yeah, and the other and, part about it is he got the strikeouts tonight, too. We've seen a lot of really good Mitch Keller performances, not with the strikeouts we got tonight. First four outs were all strikeouts for him. Fantastic. <laughs> very, very happy with the development that's happened under him, with him. For sure, for sure. There, there was so like there was a hiccup. The third inning wasn't wasn't good for Mitch Keller. Was it the third? No, my bad. Fourth inning. Fourth inning wasn't good for Mitch Keller. Uh, he definitely labored. He gave it the two runs there, the home run to Colton Wong, and of course that's where you know they, they got the two runs from Milwaukee. We saw the Pirates' offense wasn't doing too much, especially against Jason Alexander, and that's why I said you know it, it wasn't looking too pretty. Um, isn't that an actor? Yeah, that's George. You haven't caught on to that? Yeah, I was very confused. You're, you're out of it today. That's right. It's been a long day. <laughs> yeah, Jason Alexander, George Costanza. That's why I, last night I talked about too. I was like, hey, Kevin Newman, George Costanza maybe. Let's bring back uh, Kevin Kramer. Let's have this, the, Seinfeld all, the Seinfeld game. But anyways, yeah, Jason Alexander was making the Pirates look silly. I mean, we got to talk about that to a degree. You know, he had five innings pitched, six strikeouts. Um, I had out there the first 13 outs of the game. Nine of them were made by strikeouts. I mean, it was just a strikeout performance on both sides. But back to Mitch Keller. That fourth inning wasn't pretty. That's when things looked like maybe they're starting to fall apart. I mean, it was a great start for Keller. The fourth inning, he labored. At that point, he had 81 pitches thrown, I believe. But then, hey, he came back out for the fifth, the sixth, You know, just through just over 20 pitches for both of those uh, innings combined. Looked excellent to finish it out. So, like you're saying, that fourth inning was was sketchy, but overall, great, a fantastic start by Mitch Keller. I mean, it's it's absolutely what this team needs going forward, and we've talked about it before that we were ready to pencil Mitch Keller into next year, but we want to see a hair more. Watch him finish out this year. Man, we're almost in September. He's only got a few more starts in him. At this point, he could implode, and I'm penciling his ass in. Oh, oh, good. I'm glad you're saying that. The, the Will Crow effect I was talking about last night. Yeah, I, I will. mean, I don't want to see an implosion by all means, 
it's still going to leave a, a salty taste in my mouth at the end of the year, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, you know, it's not as good as that brisket might've, might've been it that she made as Jesse wanted to know how to turn out. I was saving that for later, that comment, but you went ahead and ruined it. <sighs> I'm sorry, man. I had an opportunity. I was waiting on it as well. <laughs> was that brisket a Mitch Keller brisket? No, it wasn't. It was a little overcooked. Maybe Mitch Keller was undercooked. Tell you one thing. At this point in time, he's not cooked. <laughs> he's he looking not. really good. He is. So, yes. Uh, again, about the implosion thing, I don't want to see it, but I've seen enough, like you're saying, I've seen enough where I'm comfortable and confident for him into next year as a starting pitcher, where I think this year was the make it or break it year for him, that it was there's real potential that he's not even on the roster next year. Like, is he a real DFA candidate heading into 2023? And that certainly isn't the case right now. And again, like to cap it off at this point in time today, six innings pitched only four hits, two walks, 10 strikeouts by Mitch Keller, 105 innings or 105 innings. Jeez. 105 pitches thrown is a fantastic performance. You can't ask much. And again, it's, it is the Brewers. So it is a good offense. It's not like he was doing this against, the Oakland A's or the Pittsburgh Pirates. Right. <laughs> so, yes. I, I loved every bit of it. Just because I don't want to get insulted on my brisket. We were asked, overcooked like David Bednar brisket. No. It was very juicy. Still worked very well. So maybe, yeah. But I mean, David Bednar looks pretty juicy. Can it, you see him in the bullpen today? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, it fell apart a little bit. I I let it hang about five degrees too long. I wanted to lay in bed a little bit. Bad decision on my part. I pulled a little Derek Shelton, so maybe you're right. I let it go a little bit too long. He might be right on that one. I mean, if you let it go a little too long, and and it let it hang a little bit, sound like a little crow to me. Not quite a Will Crow. It was still hanging. No, it was still terrific. Okay. Like a David Bednar. I just left it in there like probably a half hour too long. Like 66% too long. (laughs) All right, let's get out of here. Um, So, yeah, I guess Keller good. Anything else really to talk about that you want to point out today? Of Mitch Keller? No. Of Keller, yeah. Terrific. A lot of the same that we've seen from Mitch Keller. Very happy with the development. <laughs> These comments are out of control. <laughs> all right. So good. Let's, let's move on from Mitch Keller. Uh, I, mean, I guess to keep it at the pitching, I mean, the pitching all around was good. So Manny Ben Willis comes in 1.1 innings, one hit, no strikeouts, no walks. It, to me, it was like the typical Manny Ben Willis. It, 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 he did his job. Yeah. Um, not quite sure with Derek Shelton's management there. So he goes, Banuelos, then he brings him back out and he lets him throw to Yelich, which I get. Yelich and his career not great against lefties. Makes sense. But then he pulls them and goes to Young. Against Willie Adamas, who in his career is much, much better against righties 
and Hunter Renfro, who this year is hitting each equally as well. He's having a good season this year too. I don't quite. It's another one of those things against Shelton where I don't quite get what you're doing there. I don't understand why you're pulling Banuelos there. There could be something just in the pitch mix that he doesn't love. But in general, when you look at it, I don't really like going to a ready there against Adamas. If we're, if the Pirates are really trying to win, which he managed to win there, and he pulls Banuelos there to go to a righty, it's almost like one of those uh, ready on righty, let's just go there without really digging it digging any deeper into it. Adamas hits righties far better than he does lefties. So yeah. it's one of those spots that's a question mark on Shelton that I don't quite know what he's trying to do there. And I know he's working with scraps. But if you're working with scraps, you got to do what's best. And I don't know that going with the young, maybe one batter soon there really helps you out. It all worked out. But with in a different situation, if this team is good and he does that type of thing, I would be trashing the living shit out of him. That's what makes this like assessment incomplete. And that's why we, we give him a hard time, but also have an understanding. Like you said, I mean, he hasn't been dealt the best hand, but it is what he does with that hand that you can critique. So everything you said is fair. And Zach points out here, and then letting him pitch the ninth, it worked out, but weird management. Absolutely, absolutely weird management. But in the ninth, I don't really know who else you go with there. There's nobody left. I mean, especially because it ain't going to be Crow right now. Yeah, there's nothing left. Yeah, I guess so. To point out some type of achievement, Chase DeYoung gets his first career save. Talking about Chase DeYoung keeping that pace. We're still, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by him. And I think it's more to the fact that it's like, how is this still sustaining? <laughs> I know he's pitched better of late. Now today, 1.2 innings, no strikeouts, but like the strikeouts have actually come up of recent. Um, today he has the 1.2, as I mentioned, two hits, no runs. His ERA is lower on the season now to a 1.95. This guy's doing it, and I know it's not. It's not like it's O'Neill Cruz where you just see all these skills and talents. It's like, oh my god, he's he's amazing. He's getting by, but I don't see all that other stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know, Tyler. Like, yeah. What, what I is Chase the Young? <laughs> I think your Chase the Young like observation of intriguing is intriguing because you're intrigued by him surviving this year without being terrible that's not, that's what it not, is you're not intrigued in his future you're just kind of puzzled by the fact that he has survived this year that's li- like that's what it is that's literally yeah like that's what i'm intrigued on i'm intrigued on the fact of how the hell is this happening has a 1.95 era and i can't understand how <laughs> yeah because you watch him pitch and he's nothing impressive absolutely but he's doing impressive. it like you know yeah. and, and like i said like granted like again he has been striking out more he has looked better lately to a degree but it's still i don't, I don't know i'm perplexed it's, it's one of those things where like he's gonna end this year and have like really good numbers and probably just turn to a pumpkin next year and i hope not and i'm not wishing bad ill on him or anything but like that's what i could certainly see because i'm just kind of puzzled by him but he's doing it and i guess 
I'm just going to continue this. Like, I don't know how you're doing it, Chase, but congratulations and like great season. And now kudos to your first career save. And please keep doing it. Uh, Yeah. Because Hart's kind of going to survive another month and a half. And, And let's add to the fact on like, he's doing this by doing it with multiple innings too. Like he's, what we hate to see, right? Like, why does Shelton all go throw multiple innings out there? These relievers are like imploding the second time out. But, but Chase Young just continues to do that also. Like, he's put yeah. in those situations and comes out escaping and looking good. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. I don't, there's nothing you can point out that says he can continue any of this, but it's a team that's just, just let it ride, man. There's nothing to be happy about. So let's just let Chase the Young keep going out there and hopefully throwing some scoreless innings. Yeah. It's not as if there's anyone that you're pleading to get in there other than Chase DeYoung. There was literally, I looked at the depth chart again because sometimes I have to do that with this team and remind myself who's still available. And I was right. like, oh shit, there's nothing. All right, Chase. It's all you, bud. By the way, Heath Herembe, Herembe made uh, his appearance for the Dodgers tonight against the, the New York Mets. He has scoreless inning. Good for him. <laughs> Speaking of relievers of the past. But uh, yeah, so the bullpen did their job. The pitching all in all did his job. Two runs to the Brewers. Let's get to the offensive side. As this trend has now been, game starts off by O'Neill Cruz. He's in the leadoff spot, Tyler. You've been you've been dying for this to happen, and it seems like that's the spot. It's not like one game. It's not. It's not two games. It's now three. Either <laughs> on, I'm telling you, I've, I was calling him that like all year um, at the acquisition. So yes, it is Heath Harambe. But O'Neill Cruz leadoff spot two for four tonight. Tie tie. Hundred and thirteen mile an hour double. Also a walk. Mm-hmm. O'Neill Cruz, Tyler, lead off. Speak to us. It's it's weird. It's like not just us, but literally anyone with a brain has been saying it since he's came up. Maybe put him in a position to succeed instead of just shoving him down in the seven hole and letting him face a bunch of breaking balls. And we saw it tonight. He did face him. They brought in Milner, faced the lefty, struck out on a pitch that we've seen him strike out on a lot. But he battled a lot better, I think, in that at bat. I was just going to say, like, that was the only pitch I looked at in the entire at bat and felt like, ew. Everything yeah. else, that was He's... a good at bat that just ended on a terrible swing. Mm-hmm. And he got in the better, better counts tonight. Yeah. For the most part. I mean, he, he, no, he did. He, I guess the only reason I'm saying I did that was he, he did because it was still a good count, but like the first at bat he struck out, he never swung. I, I didn't really appreciate that too much. The the full count strikeout, and he didn't take one swing <laughs> at a pitch. Yeah. But he was up, I, I think, 2 0 to begin it. So again, like he was up in counts, like you mentioned. It's just he also wasn't doing a ton of swinging tonight but the guy touches a baseball 
it's like me putting like a two footer and it goes a hundred miles an hour. It's like when you're playing PGA on Xbox and you just hold the meter way too long and it just flies off the green. Yeah. That's that guy at the plate. So why the hell was he hitting seventh? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, because he's batting 199. And that's what I'll tell you, man. I saw way too many Twitter accounts today asking where Newman was and why he wasn't hitting leadoff. We've been clamoring, regardless of that, we've been clamoring for this for a while. I I would prefer maybe to see Cabrian Hayes at second and Reynolds at third, but I can, whatever, do whatever you want there. Just hit O'Neill Cruz leadoff for a little while. Let's see what happens. Leave him there. Let him be comfortable, and we'll figure it out later. Right. I'm with it. I'm with it. Yeah, I don't have to go too much further than that. I kind of said my piece last night about it. But um, but right, you're absolutely correct. And there were some questions too. Not, not like I'm hammering or harping on it. Like there were some questions, you know, with him being leadoff. Like the one skill that does really stand out is the power. So like why wouldn't you maybe have him like second or third? And ironically enough, he's been getting RBI still in the leadoff spot. So like it's still happening. So I almost I discussed this with Jim a little bit. The reason I would like to see Cabrian Hayes at second is because I think it might help Cabrian a little more with having O'Neill Cruz ahead of him. Because if O'Neill Cruz gets on base, Cabrian Hayes is going to see a lot more fastballs, in my opinion, because mm-hmm. O'Neill Cruz is taking off. So it might help Cabrian Hayes get into that spark and in Hayes' career. He seems to be better in that two-hole. Brian Reynolds is just a guy. He's going to hit no matter where you put him in the lineup. Right. Which he has moved around the lineup, too. This yeah. isn't like the cut situation where I've been third right. my entire career. I'm not moving to second. Reynolds has basically been everywhere. Exactly. Also, Reynolds behind Hayes. I think that helps a little more. That's something I'd like to see a hair more of. Actually, that's what I'd like to see the one, two, three B. But... Yeah, the manager just kind of plays it by ear every day. So, <laughs> right. No, then that makes sense. So, for like the reasons you want Cruz to bat leadoff, batting Hayes second helps Hayes out in the situation because Reynolds is there. And like you said, Reynolds is going to be a hit machine. Like it doesn't matter to him. He's going to get his hits unless he doesn't. And then he turns around and starts yelling at the umpire because <laughs> Brian Reynolds, is, again, like you're still seeing it. And I, I laugh at it every time now. He's still so testy now. I mean, I've never seen this version of Ryan Reynolds for his entire career up until like a month ago. So I love it. And it, today it happened as well. I mean, it was a clear strike, but he didn't agree and he let the umpire know. Uh, so good for Brian Reynolds, but right. Like he's definitely going to hit. So that kind of helps out Cruz and Hayes, what you're saying here. And I, I like that. I can get on board with that. Um, but well, I guess we'll go. Reynolds, of course, did have two hits as well today. Cabron Hayes went over four. Um, Gamble batted fourth. But I guess where we're getting at to here, I want to go. I want to. I want to sidestep Gamble because I also said last night Gamble probably needs to start seeing a backseat to playing time. Yeah. So so let's miss out on that. Castro once again. Castro one for three today with a walk. Another righty. 
like Castro's, I, I don't know how long it's going to keep up. But wh what's your take right now on Rodolfo Castro? And what did you see today from him? And, and we could talk about the defense too. Jim pointed out, we will definitely talk about that game-ending double play with Castro and Cruz. But Rodolfo Castro, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued by him a little bit more every day. I still don't believe that he's an everyday guy. But he's young enough. There's enough tools that I'm more than willing to watch him play every day. Truly where I'm at with him. Like, I don't want to go above and beyond and preach about Rodolfo Castro. But I'd like to see a little bit more. Like it's it's literally Matt. That's that's I agree like with what you're saying here. He I don't want to go all in and call him an everyday player. It's it's just too early. Like the sample size right now is just too small as well. Like he's having a really hot streak, and that's what it could be. Mm -hmm. But man, he just shows you every skill set he has and every tool that he has. And he shows you how he could end up and in turning into an everyday player and potentially a very exciting one. But yes. Oh, go ahead. No, he's got a little bit of like Josh Harrison in him without like, he's got a lot more strikeout with him. It's, it's a lot more power, but the same. Yeah. They're very similar in the way they play. It's kind of like that, but not so much at the plate. He's He really is kind of a spark plug, though. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was getting to. Like, they do things differently. They're both uber-athletic. They, they did their thing differently, but they both add a level of excitement. And again, Castro adds another level of excitement in, in a different way. <laughs> Sometimes in a negative way. So <laughs> it, did Josh Harrison. It, well, okay. that That's fair. Maybe not as often. And at least in this small sample, we've seen Castro. But that's 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 fair. Um, he made you get excited for wrong reasons. You might feel like pooping your pants a few times watching the both of them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so I guess what I was going to say, and like last night I talked about, you know, coming into this game, we know he matches lefties. But coming to this game at 98 way to run credit plus against righties, had another hit today. Like, that's the thing where we're seeing. It's not as if, think about the Chavis situation. Like, it's not as if early in the season, Chavis, right? You're playing him against favorable matchups. So it's not like Casho is facing all lefties, which he mashes. And then it's like inflating his overall numbers. Like, he's basically in there every day. The, the numbers against righties is coming up. He's faced a lot of righties recently. He's still performing. Like, I think his WRC plus, you know, a few weeks ago was like around 70 ish against righties. And now it's about league average. And that's what I was getting at. Like, if he can be about league average against righties and he mashes lefties and he, he plays a defense like he's showing you he can. He also shows you, you know, he makes errors, right? But if he can keep that level up of like playing good defense, like this, this guy has every tool to be an everyday player and a quality one. Mm -hmm. No, he really does. Like he could play third and sh short's not great for him, but he can play third and second pretty well. The power's absolutely there. 
And even the contact rate is pretty good. It's just that walk rate and the strikeout rate needs to normalize. And I think we've seen that lately. Yes. So it's kind of a, it, I don't, like, it's not terrible. I feel like, like I'm buying, I'm season. buying high on Rodolfo Castro. Cause last year I had no desire to really want to watch him anymore. Right. He just, he just kind of was another guy right now. I'm, I'm good watching like the next six months of Rodolfo Castro and we'll find out what happens. So let's talk about that double play at the end. Yeah. This is like, this is what I was talking about too. I would love for Castro to pan out. I think like best case scenario right now, is it Diego Castillo? Is it Marcano? Like, I think if you're looking at ceiling, Castro's the guy. Yeah. Like if every guy could hit their ceiling, that's a great Castro's point. that dude. That's which, a terrific point. Which really like, I don't think anyone was ever thinking of Castro in the middle infield to begin with, like going into the season. If you're talking absolute hitting, Castro's that dude. And you have Cabron Hayes at third. You got O'Neill at short. If Castro's at second, you saw the double play. Like, that was not a double play ball. Castro got to that ball, threw it, and again, we talk about his arm strength. Like, I'm, I, I want to keep saying this. Like, to me, he's mini Cruz. Like, his tools aren't to Cruz's level, but he's got the arm. And he showed it today. And then, of course, Cruz turned the double play and just gunned it to first and got the game winning out. That was an exciting play. That's a great point, though, what you brought up about about Rodolfo Castro being the ceiling that you want to see. Because if he's even 75% of the ceiling, like you said, we talk about all these other guys, that's the dude. Like, every single tool is there. If you get a guy with that kind of power at second base, you're set. With Cruz and Hayes, go find a first baseman. You've got enough outfield depth. That's a guy that I've talked about it before that they need a guy that's not a prospect to really yes. step up. That's the guy. Like they've had a Josh Harrison, like we mentioned before. A guy like that, and we see the Dodgers do it all the time with a Turner or a Muncie. They need. Guys like that that aren't prospects to really make that next run. And a Rodolfo Castro is that type of guy. Or literally every Cardinals player that's on yeah, the team. Yeah, li literally every Cardinal. <laughs> like, can we just have one? Yeah, can we? We had our one. It's Brian Reynolds, but he was like a top 10 prospect. It's still, yeah, I, I, I'm tired of you guys like saying that. Like, when we trade from, he was the Giants number five prospect. But he was still like, top 10 throughout they the entire. rated an MVP for him. Right. I don't, I'm tired of hearing, like, you know, Brian Reynolds is that guy. Like, you know, he wasn't. But, anyways, like, the closest yeah. thing I feel like is like Adam Frazier. Like, Adam Frazier is like a number like yeah. 25 prospect, basically. Yeah. And he wasn't good. He was a guy. Whatever. He was fine. <laughs> he was but good yes. sometimes and not good most. But that's like what you're talking about. Like, I look at this defensively. And again, to me, we know Cruz needs to clean up his throws. I think Castro needs to be coached up on his defense, right? Get all the mental errors and stuff out. But like a Hayes, 
Cruz, Castro, defensive. We're thinking defensively, infield. I'm looking and salivating, saying, oh, my God. Like, there could be tons of amazing plays with those three. And like you said, and then just finally find a a first baseman. Yeah, it's a lot of athleticism across the diamond. And they have it in the outfield coming up, hopefully. And and then you're talking about... We are seeing Neil Huntington's dream coming true. Stop it. Because <laughs> they are all hunting. I didn't, like, didn't want to go there. At some point, we but... have to. Like all these guys that are we are hoping for are Neil Huntington guys. Quinn Priester is going to be on the mound, rolling double plays though. Neil Cruz to Rodolfo Castro to probably some schlub that is playing first base that uh, that Neil Huntington drafted 15 years ago. Yeah, unfortunately, it won't be Mason Martin. We can pretty no, much count on that. Be. It'll be Matt Gorski over there. Well, actually, no. First off, that would be the complete essence of Neil Huntington. It's the Neil Huntington team, and there's no first baseman. You got to find some. <laughs> you got to find some free agent. That's, That's what completes the Huntington team. <laughs> now it'll just it'll be O'Neill Cruz at first base, just trying to scoop. Balls Stop it! Like, Stop it! Waving the glove around like. <laughs> But yes, uh, I'm just like I said again with with Castro, and we talked about the defense, and and again like the power aspect. Like Castro has legit power. We all know Cruz has legit power. I mean, think about the the the, the 50 plus home runs potentially from that middle infield. This is the Pittsburgh Pirates we're talking about, of course. Also, I'm just picturing a season of Quinn Priest rolling double play. O'Neill Cruz fielding it, turn it to Rodolfo Castro and Cal Mitchell, like out there waving his glove around, <laughs> trying to field it. Oh, God. Or some former failed outfielder that they just throw there. Right. Because he got on base one bell. time. Um, But hey, I, I guess we want to keep talking about it. You know, the, the, the rest of the lineup. I mean, Swinsky, he's back. He goes over four again. Has a been a pretty two games for him. I mean, can, can we just say it? Put him in the lineup every day. The guy Swinsky? that tied the game up. Put him in the lineup every day. The guy that tied it up. Chavis. 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 I was. I couldn't think of his. I couldn't think of how he said his name again. Michael Chavis. Yep. He's an, He he has he has to. Yeah. And it's it's nothing towards Michael Chavis that we want to see him. It's more that there's no other option, and there he's isn't. better than every other option. So yeah. what are we doing here? We don't. Nobody wants to see Josh Van Meter. Now, nobody granted, wa- though, they've been oh. leading. They've been leading that way. Chavis has been getting a lot of playtime versus righties. There should have never been a lean. Well, this, because there never should have been a Josh Van Meter. Correct. This isn't rocket science. Right. But I'm with you. And he goes two for four tonight. Big clutch hits. That Home happened. run. His 14th on the year. And he's still young enough that he's shown enough at the plate where I think it's not a bad idea to let him get a little more run against righties. I don't believe... And Michael Chavis against righties at all. But I'm you, you more shouldn't. than willing 
No, but I'm more than willing to let him try to learn against them because we're talking about a former top prospect. That's not Josh Van Meter, where you have no other options, who plays a very good first base. So if he if he has the opportunity to learn to maybe become slightly below average against righties, I'll take that every day. Okay. I'm, I'm not, not going to argue that. Like, right. I'm not fighting for it. I don't care enough for it. I, I think I'm at the point where I don't believe that's going to happen, but there's no reason to not let him play anyways. And if it does for like the 1% chance it'll happen, I'm willing to give it to him. And for me, it's, it's less of that. It's less of just like, you know, there's another option. Maybe let him get ready. To me, it's more about the defense. Like that's my, my whole stance on why he has to be an everyday player. It's because he's going to be bad versus righties, and I'm okay with that because at least he provides some type of competence at first base, whereas no one else will. And for him to go 0 for 3 tonight with along with the rest of the lineup is okay because everyone else is doing it, but I don't want to see all the missed balls at first base or whatever, you know, bad defensive plays because he's not in there and Josh Van Meter is or whomever. Jim says Chavis is not the answer. I mean, no, he's yeah. not the answer. Do you want to pull up those texts? Oh, oh, you mean about Gabby Sanchez and, oh, and yeah. Michael Michael Chavis? Yeah, of course, because you know Jim, the dummy, the idiot, the stupid guy who came and got a post game show because no one wants to listen to his garbage takes, says that Michael Chavis is good and way better than Gabby Sanchez ever was, which is a lie and that's farce. But he is not the answer. But regardless, the answer is not on the team this year. And the answer isn't potentially able to be on the team this year and is just sitting down in AAA. You know, like you got to find an answer, and that's next season. So when the puzzle pieces are there right now, Michael Chavis is the best piece to fit at first base. So just let him play. Yeah. I mean, he's 27 years old. He hits lefties at a very high rate, he doesn't hit righties. Josh Van Meter doesn't hit anybody. I don't think this is rocket science. It's not. It's not. Um, but anyways, yes. So what else do we want to talk about with tonight's game? What a damn thing. We've been on this thing for 40 minutes. We have. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired, Pa. Well, that's too damn bad. I am kind of pissed because we probably should go, but I got the text up and I was about to pull out the receipts and share on the stream. Uh, nope, do it. Keep talking. I don't know if I can find them or not right now. Oh, good Lord. I, I know. Just we, we, find... we say the name Chavis too often. It's, it's, it's hard to find them. No, it... There's no way we talk about Michael Chavis that much in that group text. I mean, we probably do. No, there's no chance. What's Jim says, what's funny is he doesn't even really hit lefties at a high rate. He just doesn't suck against them. So he think it's amazing when compared to others. Shut the hell up, Jim. 
Nobody okay. cares about your opinion anymore. <laughs> you find them yet? Well, first off, we talk way too much in this group chat that even when I think I can find it, I can't because there's the thousands of texts. Oh, good lord. Um, when the way double RC a plus against lefties. Shut the hell up, Jim. Javis has been hitting righties better of late. Thank you, DJ8Y. So, so, Tyler, I mean, we got plenty of time to do. I will find them the next show. We'll, we'll cross we'll, that bridge when we get there. We'll, we'll, okay, I'll save it for the, I'll have them and I'll save them. Yeah. And we'll pull them up when needed. But, uh, yeah. That works for Anyways, me. Anyways, like Jim said, this is riveting content. Yeah, we got to get out of here. <laughs> We're at the point of the show. We're trying to pull. We're yeah. trying to pull up text messages. We're done. <laughs> I'm running on fumes. I'm tired. Right. Okay. Well, guys, we thank you for watching. Enjoy the Pirates win. They do play again tomorrow. I know it's a twelve-ish. Thank God. I think twelve-ish. Right. Again, I never look at. It. Oh, sorry. Two ten game. Thank God. It is a two ten game. It's TBD <laughs> versus Freddie Peralta. So, TBD is getting his call up today, tomorrow. Be a big game for TBD. What are you expecting tomorrow for the the starting pitcher? Yeah, I was trying to figure who it was going to be. Um, no idea. You think? Our, I think uh, I I think I saw it was going to be your hurry, maybe because he's in yeah. line. I'm expecting nothing fun. Expect nothing. All right. Well, once it's announced at 2.07, who the starting pitcher is tomorrow, we'll let you know. But until then, thank you for watching. We'll see you later. Bye. Peace out, Scouts.